Hello and welcome back to the latest Tink Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. On the 1st of February, Ireland's deposit return scheme for cans and plastic bottles goes live and consumers can return containers to supermarkets across Ireland in return for their deposit. Tink Business talks to the CEO of Return, Kieran Foley, about the new scheme and the impact it will make on Ireland's recycling efforts. Uh, so I'm joined today by Kieran Foley. Uh, Kieran is the CEO of Return, and if you have been watching what's been going on around your country in the last uh, six or seven months, you'll have noticed outside most retail outlets uh, these return banks popping up, and also their trucks going around to set these up. And what this promises uh, is a new epoch. I suppose, in terms of Ireland's relationship with recycling, uh, we all use our recycling centres, we all put out our recycling bins, and those of us who are old enough to remember uh, will have brought uh, glass bottles back to supermarkets back in the day, in the 80s, I'd imagine, and uh, we used to get money back for, for our deposits. Uh, now, it's obviously, these do not relate to glass bottles, but it's more to do with cans and plastic bottles. Um, but here, here, Kieran can tell us all about it. So, Kieran, you're very welcome. I suppose to start with, uh, if, if if we could kind of set the uh, stage for how and why Return was established in the first place. Sure. Okay. So I suppose to give a context first, just for, for your listeners to say that what's going to happen is on the 1st of February, whenever you buy a, a drink in a plastic bottle or an aluminium can, you'll be charged a small deposit. So that would be a 15 cent deposit on any containers from 150 millilitres to 500 millilitres and a 25 cent deposit on anything between 500 millilitres and three litres. And that's a deposit that you will get back when you when you bring that back to a participating store or, or supermarket. The the reason it's, we exist, um, I guess the main reason is the under the EU directive, the Single-Use Plastics Act, every country in Europe has been set targets around recycling of these products. So we have to achieve a 77% recycling rate by 2025 and a 90% recycling rate by, by 2029. So... It's widely recognised across the world now, really, that the only way to achieve that is through a a deposit return scheme. So that's why why we're here, really. Um, And this is live already, John, in about 40 countries around the world, including 38 in Europe. And all of the feedback is, as I said, that this is the only way to achieve those those targets. And uh, to be fair, it's been very successful in terms of its rollout across Europe. So uh, Ireland is now is now getting on board. Yeah, well, I, I think it's quite exciting and I, I see the merit of it. And uh, But what I would probably see, what I'd probably like to kind of maybe impart to our listeners as well is the sheer logistical enterprise. Because what you're doing here is putting in place new infrastructure. And, um, you know, you've also had to make agreements, I suppose, with drinks makers and drinks vendors, supermarkets, you name it, uh, to make this all happen. C- can you give us a sense of how much work went into uh, getting this off the ground from the point of view of it's one thing for someone to say oh we must do this but to actually make it happen uh, as I said I've seen the trucks going around I've seen I've seen the infrastructure pop up around various supermarkets um, but to get a sense of just how much work went into just getting us to the point where we're close to launching on the 1st of February Sure yeah so yeah so once return so what well, we are we're the a not-for-profit organisation that's basically um, been granted the approval to 
administer the scheme and make sure it gets up and running. So since our approval in 2021, there's been a huge amount of work gone into this and industry has bought in massively. To be fair, you know, this is recognised as a, a huge change, but also a, a great a great thing in terms of recycling and um, cleaning up Ireland and, and supporting climate change. So everybody has bought in. Um, every Every producer who puts product on the market has to register at return. So that's over 5,000 products that have now been registered and you, you can't put this product on the market without being registered with us. So we were obviously very much reliant on initially on the buy-in from producers. And just to say, this is a producer-funded scheme. So obviously um, it's these guys who are placing the product on the market. So they were engaged extremely early. Um, also, as you said, a, a massive change for, for retailers. So across any anywhere that's going to sell plastic bottles or aluminium cans. So we talk a lot about shops and supermarkets, but but that's everywhere, pubs and restaurants and hotels and coffee shops, etc. So everybody who's going to sell the product has to register with us as well. And obviously by registering, you learn how the scheme is, is going to work. So we've had a huge uptake in terms of registration from retailers as well. When you register, John, um, this is where it gets really interesting, I guess, you uh you have a choice if if you're under 250 square meters of sales space in your in your shop or supermarket or outlet then you can get an exemption from being a take back operator so that means you don't have to take the product back from the consumer but everybody has to charge the deposit everybody has to show the the deposit separately on a receipt and um, so a major change for for everyone even if you do take a, a take back exemption but if you decide that you do want to be a take back facility and, and you have to be if you're over that over that size then you have a choice whether you want to do it as a manual collection which is basically bags and tags in the in the shop or wherever you are or you want to do it as an automated collection which is what you're really talking about in terms of the reverse vending machines that have been mm. delivered all over the country so all of the major retailers immediately have gone to the reverse vending machine option. A lot of the international retailers have seen these schemes work in other countries, so we're very much on board immediately. Mm. Um, but we anticipate that there'll be north of 2,000 of these reverse vending machines um, live available soon after the 1st of February, which is, which is phenomenal, really. So when you think about the logistical exercises, as you say, you know, every producer had to make sure that the barcodes got changed, that there was a logo on the product from 1st of February, and every retailer had to make a decision about being a take-back operator or not, and then mm -hmm. get then get set up to, to, to accept them on 1st of February. So, phenomenal amount of work, but really, really, uh, I guess, grateful to the industry in terms of how they've engaged with us and how they're ready to make it happen. Gotcha, gotcha. And I suppose then, uh, in terms of, like, the cultural impact of this because you know I mentioned to you there you know I've memories of growing up where you know you used to get money back for bottles you brought back to the shops and you know I, I don't know why we ever let that go away because I thought it was a great idea especially when you wanted to raise enough money to go swimming in your kid um, but the actual um, you know impact we'll make on us culturally as a people and the way we go about things because if you think about the last 20 years just in terms of even just how we're all we're, we're programmed now to put out the recycling bin on certain days you know what i mean we we we, we were quite conscious about separating our cardboard and stuff uh more and more people are conscious about food waste um how, how do you how, how big of a kind of a cultural impact do you think this will make 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's huge, and you know we've been quoted as saying this is the biggest behavioural change since the the plastic bag levy, and it certainly is, or even the smoking bans. So, you know, I think the interesting piece for for Ireland is, you know, we're already pretty good at recycling. You know, the reason glass isn't in our scheme is because we already have a recycling rate of over eighty percent, which is very strong. Mm. We uh, we believe we recycle of the plastic and the aluminium that we're talking about under our current. Um, mixed dry recycling scheme anywhere between 55 to 60 percent which is pretty good um nationally if you if you think about it but um when you think john that there's about two billion of these containers that go on the market every year then clearly the difference between 60 percent and 90 percent is is colossal so that's why we have to make the change mm. so the cultural piece really is is getting people's buy-in to recognize that if we really don't want these products on our streets or in our rivers or in the seas, etc., and we want to get the quality of recycling where where it can be, then we have to switch the mindset from already doing the right thing for a lot of people who do that in their home to to not doing that anymore and making sure that they bring the the bottles and the cans back to the to the RPOs, the return point operators. You know, so I think that's going to be a major change. the The experience from from around Europe has been that. It can be slow to start with, but only for a short period of time, in fairness. And then people do buy in and they buy in not just based on the fact that there's a financial incentive here, but they buy in on the fact that they want to contribute to cleaning up their country. They want to contribute to the to the impact on climate change. They want the, the recycling rates to be hit, you know. So we'll have to see how Ireland reacts from the 1st of February, John, but we'd be very confident that based on what we've seen in the past from this country, that people will buy into it and, and help us achieve the targets. But obviously, there's an incentive for people to do so as well. They they, they get uh, money back, obviously, for, for bringing bringing these things back. How, how does that work at the point of sale? Is it, do they do they receive the money on on, on, a, on a voucher type system? Could you tell us how it works in terms of the transaction itself? In the main, when you go back to your shop or supermarket, the, the, you'll be... Re, um, bringing these back through the reverse vending machines that I described earlier. So if you put your bottle or can, basically your barcode is scanned. So we're asking people to bring these containers back clean and undamaged um, and empty. Um, the barcode gets gets scanned and then a voucher is produced. So it doesn't matter where you purchase your product, you can bring it back to any return point operator who's, who's participating. But the voucher that you receive will be for that for that store so if you do that in Aldi or Lidl or Tesco or Dunn Super Value whatever it is then you'll get a voucher for that store which you can redeem against your next shop mm. or you can redeem it for cash if you prefer you can go into the store and uh, ask for the cash I can see I can see lots of kids well, I remember as I said I, I've, I've nostalgic memories of bringing back bottles <laughs> but uh, a lot of kids might be interested in this but, but but certainly but certainly even just the 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 cost-minded shopper particularly in in, in a time when you know cost of living is, is is paramount any little helps as one of the of the of the store um, advertising mantras goes but I suppose um you know in terms of the targets for the scheme um in its first year or so how how, how do you how do you envisage the the impact that it'll make uh do you think you know curiosity will drive a lot of footfall on this yeah i hope so i mean you know obviously what we're asking people to do is keep these products separately in their home again and whether they you know have a special bag for that or a box or they keep it at the boot of the car or whatever it will take a bit of time i think for people to get used to 
to how they'll do this. To have to try and remember not to squash your cans. So you need to bring do you need to bring them back on intact? Is that the idea? That's it, exactly. Otherwise the machine won't be able to scan the barcode, you know. Uh-huh. So there's a few messages that are going to be really important and the the marketing campaign will will continue. But but to answer your question, I think, you know, we we can see what's happened in other countries, I guess, and our expectation would be that it is a little bit slow to, to start with. But, you know, we've had to build our business models on what we think will happen. We're hoping we'll get to around about the 70% in year one mm. and maybe exit the year around somewhere around 75%. So we need mm. to be at 77% by 2025. So it's a fairly steep ramp up, I think. But as I keep saying, we're, we're, we're confident that the Irish people will buy into us. So hopefully we can achieve that. Very good. And I suppose then, um, like bottles, uh, plastic bottles and cans for now, do you see other avenues of recycling being part of it or is really mostly sticking to the knitting on, on, the, on those two aspects? Well, there's probably, for me, there's a couple of ways of looking at that, yeah. So we have to stay focused on what we, we have to achieve, and that is around the PET plastic and the aluminium cans. Um, but personally, you know, my expectation would be that if we do that successfully, then a, an organisation that is not for profit like Return, we're trying to win the trust, I guess, of producers and retailers as we speak. Um, we're hoping then to win the trust of consumers and they'll see what a positive impact this scheme is having on, on Ireland in general. And obviously we're working closely with government to hit the target. So if we can get that right, then I think there's lots of other areas that we could ultimately look at. I mean, I mentioned earlier that glass is not part of the scheme because we're already good at recycling it. But mm. whatever initiatives there may be, John, as you know, we obviously carry on tackling climate change. Then I'd like to think this organisation would be well positioned to to support. Yeah, my 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 imagination's popping with all kinds of ideas. I mean, things like batteries come into my mind, but also fast fashion, for example. I mean, if you if you can do a deal with retailers in the supermarket world, there's no reason why you can't do it in the fashion world. Uh, these are these are just my thoughts, but <laughs> who knows what'll happen? But listen, best of luck with it. Uh, I think it's great. It's great to see. I I, th- I do think it's a, it's a new epoch, uh, and it'll be very interesting to see culturally the impact it'll make. So, Kieran Foley, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. 